0: Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. Today, the artist known as Perplexing Ruins joins me. PR is what his friends call him. PR has a style that I find appealing. It's a weird vibe that feels a a niche that seems to be missing in today's artwork, at least as far as the RPG stock art. He has a Patreon that I recommend you check out. For $2.50, you have more stock art than you can shake a stick at. It's a lot of art, people a deal that you cannot afford to miss out on if you need artwork for things that you're working on various tiers will give you other goodies and while well, i might be interested in the other goodies i'm too busy doing other stuff and i just look at a stock art but man it's good speaking of patreon i also have one for one buck a month you can support the rambling cause realms of existence are merging my friends sisters and brothers it is time to get rambling Hello, Perplexing Ruins. Good morning. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Um, I uh, heard you on a podcast a while back. It was um, uh, Wobblies and Wizards. Yeah. Logar, he he scooped me yet one more time.
1: (laughs) I just listened this morning
0: to uh, his conversation with Alex from I Am a Thorn One.
2: Thorn One, excuse me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he definitely... uh, I don't know. I'm still amazed at him being able to produce a podcast every every day. Day, yeah, it's amazing. It's <laughs> a uh, pretty cool service, I guess. Yes, yes. I think he should be paid in coffee because I think that's what uh, what gets him through. So uh,
1: <laughs> he's like the Balzac of podcasters. He,
0: yes, he is. It's uh, it's quite amazing. So anyway, yeah, it's been. And so I think what happened is he interviewed you, I think, and I'm not, you know. Circumstances work out just about the time that i started noticing your work popping up on twitter okay. okay and um and i think that's probably i don't know was that a that's probably not even a year ago was it like, no you know, it's just a few months ago i think you had me on yeah yeah so uh and obviously well obviously but you know what makes your art style uh differs quite a bit uh from um a lot of I'd say more the stuff we traditionally see, but I guess, I guess the question is like, how, like, so what got you started with um, producing? Well, I actually have a Patreon uh, and you've been producing work. So what's, what's kind of driven you to this direction? What's been the impetus to this? Yeah, well,
2: um, I, I have an art degree and for over 10 years, I sort of off and on pursued that and had some
1: successes and some nots <laughs> is, is how it goes. Um, then I was in like a kind of a real rut. And then um, I started doing this whole new thing while, well, this is two years ago now, I guess, or three years ago, where I just started doing these more fantastical characters. I used to do a lot of historical-based nice painting. And, and I started getting really into that felt. I started gluing felt strips onto canvases and in my kitchen just cutting up hundreds and hundreds of pieces of felt and making these fantastical characters. And long story short, I finally just like began to embrace my inner nerd, so to speak. I've been a closet nerd my whole life, I guess, and just really decided to paint that way and then um, started discovering about that same time RPGs. And I hadn't played a tabletop game or video game since middle school, maybe. And then, you know, and it coincided with COVID and just all these things gelled at once. And this whole new world exploded right in front of me, right when I happened to need it on a very personal level. Um, and I went from this struggling, floundering, uprooted person to finding something to latch onto that just, like, did a lot of positive things for me. And... <laughs> And so I started just unlike my quote unquote fine art career <laughs> such as it right. was I started sharing my work like I used to just not do that very much and bash on my stuff and I just jumped in I said fuck it I'm getting older and I'm tired and 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 uh and I started sharing work in RPG areas like Reddit mostly and Instagram And I just decided to create this perplexing runes moniker to sort of be behind, to help me overcome anxiety, social spaces. And then um, some people were like, hey, that's a cool drawing. (laughs) And it kind of went from there.
0: Um, Yeah, and I think what's what's interesting is the, I think there's, especially the explosion of the indie community slash uh, zine. Yeah. I think people are looking for things with more heart. And things are less formulaic, or at least
2: popular, I I guess.
1: So, you know, I think, you know, from what I gather, now granted, I'm not a deep RPGer. I've been playing like a lot of my friends since I was young. You know, I'm pretty new. But I think a lot of people see old school art and Wizards of the Coast art. And that's kind (laughs) of what it is, right? Yeah. And then now you've got all these amazing artists, like just dumping whatever cool stuff they make, their own work into their zines, their projects. And I think people love that. And I see a lot of times people on social media, like, oh, I can't draw, I wish I could draw. And I'm thinking drawing is taking a thing and marking on a surface you can draw, anybody can draw. And I think a lot of people actually love seeing that personal voice come out. And now you get these zines full of, <laughs> you, you, know, you know, you know the
0: scene little drawings,
1: sketches, doodles, whatever.
0: Yeah, I think the thing is, for me, it's, especially if you're producing something um, as a, if you're publishing something, is you kind of want some sort of consistency. Like, I think having yeah. the doodlies, doodlings won't necessarily hold up if you're also putting up other traditional style of art. But if you say, you know what? I'm going to embrace this whole feel. D- do it yourself, D Y I you know, uh, lo-fi, yeah. whatever, and, and just embrace it in its entirety, then I think it works.
1: I, I agree. And it's not for everyone, right? It's people yeah. latched on to some and not others. And, but it's this space where people can have their voice and some hear it and some don't, but it's just cool like that, right? Like, and I guess I personally latched on to that. And somebody saw one of my early felt paintings. It's like, it's actually on a zine called Broken Luck now. Eco uh, saw that he was like, whoa, that's cool. And it felt good, you know, for somebody like something I spent 25 hours on and like it. And then as I got more on the scene, I tried to develop some of the skills like you know, more traditional people would enjoy, so I can offer more of a variety
2: um from a commercial perspective, um, all the while trying to learn how to make my own stuff. So uh,
0: yeah, that's and that's what, the hard part, is. right? We're all kind of coming this trying to figure out how to navigate this, this world of at least trying to make some sort of income off of it.
1: I think you're right. You know, it's hard. And there's a variation on who's making a living, who's not, who wants to, who cares to, who doesn't. You know, that can be
2: tough to navigate in my experience. Um, uh, and I think you just do what you can and find your spot.
0: Yeah, I think that's just it. You have to do, I think it behooves us all to do the best that we can at the moment, release it, and don't look back in a way that's negative. It's just like, you know, if if things have improved, you're like, wow, I've come a long way. Not like, oh, what was I thinking, you know, three years ago?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm a naturally
2: negative pessimistic person. And I think like a lot of creators, I'm probably my worst critic. Um, But, you know, I've been making
1: pictures for a long time. I can't get away from something I just do. And I've tried writing. I've written thousands of words, hundreds of pages as a, you know, trying to write essays and fiction too throughout my life. It's just what I do. I sit down and make stuff. That's, you know, what I do. I can't not do that. And I get the feeling there's a lot of people in our scene that are like, and they just happen to like gaming, right? So they channel all that energy into it. and We'll, we'll see what comes out of it. You know?
0: Yeah. I love that, that part of it. And I think, you know, there's also a difference between people who are, uh, you know, also doing this as a, um, as we'll call extracurricular, like, you know, it's, and then other people are trying to, you know, find their, navigate their way into like mm-hmm. earning a living or partial learning or supplementing their income. But yes, this does definitely allows people, I think, the opportunity to dabble and see how things go and then be able to, you know, push more in one direction if they so choose. Yep. Um, Yeah, I think you're
1: right. And I always personally have to face that question, am I doing this professionally or as a hobby or both? (laughs) And I don't know, I
0: have to ask that. You know, it's weird when you don't have a job. (laughs) And All society, the way we're and we judge ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, yeah. Like, I haven't had a real job in, I guess, three years now. Um, so, no paychecks for three years. Um, so, this is, you know, I'm trying my best to make it work to help my family, you know, supplement my, my family's income. Luckily, we're in a position where I can do this as much as I can um, while doing other family obligations and stuff, but it's hard. It's hard. I think a lot of people realize it's fun, but it can be very hard too. like, you grind, you grind if you're trying to make right.
0: Yeah. So right now I've, I've had, uh, so I, my Kickstarter completed, uh, I think it was last, hey, last week. Seems seemed like it was longer ago. Yeah. Congratulations. So, well, thank really you. Fun. And then this week I have the week, I took a week off from work uh, just because I need to burn up some time. Um, but I'm also just like spending quite a bit of time, probably more time working than I was at my job working. (laughs) And I think this this is where I'd like to go, but it's like, you know, there's gotta be a, you know, not that I'm, I'm, I'm I'm feeling completely unbalanced this week, but it's like, if I decide to try and make a go of this, uh, in a few couple of years, it's like, I need to find, you know, some sort of healthy limit to this.
2: Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's, is this your first Kickstarter? No, it's my third. So you're a pro. You're a veteran. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I I survived the first one, so if you did too. No,
1: it's it's stressful. I just completed mine and just finished fulfillment, and oh my gosh, it's so consuming. You know, um, I you you probably know what you're doing now by this point. Totally. No,
0: no, I'm oh. I'm I'm at the point where I start knowing questions to start asking (laughs) with answers (laughs) because uh it's you know so like my my the last so what i'm working on now is backer kit never did backer kit before so there's a degree of risk and fear i have with that um because normally you collect your your you know like for instance you collect your um the sh- shipping fees normally through kickstarter and they get a chunk right. of that well now i'm going to charge right. it through backer kit i messed up and i kind of partially charge some it's it's weird but then like well what if happens if something messes up with backer kit and i don't get my shipping out like like i don't know i don't know and i'm dealing with pod and how to handle pod and do i offer it's just it it's it you know it, it, it it's not better It may be worse.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately for you, sadly, I'm a little relieved to hear your woes because they sound (laughs) a lot like what I just went through on my first. And I just used Kickstarter house platform. I thought about Backerkit and then I was like, oh, shit, I don't need to learn a second platform this week. And... uh, it's so stressful everybody sees from the outside like oh wow you raised this money and you made this thing and all i do is like oh shit shipping's twice as much as i thought it was going to be because i too made an error logistically and it was like okay this is smart (laughs) (laughs) so i hope you get it worked out where you're comfortable and it works for you
0: Well, the the next step is also, uh, if I'm I'm planning on doing even more publishing, Mm -hmm. now the question becomes of inventory strategies. POD, inventory, how much inventory, do I do inventory when it sells out, switch over? It's, It's, I don't know.
1: So I used to have a career as a bookseller for about eight years, I sold books. And it's fun until the IRS is like, what about your inventory? <laughs> <laughs> I spent three weeks fretting on how to answer the dang question. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a thing, right? If you do business of, of any kind,
0: um, if, there's if, the whole business. If you are, I think if you are a person that produces your own stuff, uh, like, uh, like uh, Trevor Stamper does, you probably keep your inventory your your finished goods inventory low
2: yeah, well, you keep it i yeah unless it,
0: you, you you have raw material, then you produce like twenty five zines and then you can stop and then you can sell them out and just print as you need but if, yes, yeah, but, then but you're not your, sitting on it right um
1: but it's a weird thing to navigate, right, so it's just another component because position i guess you and maybe i are both in is like for kind of small businesses learning how to be small businesses oh, yeah. while just trying to make something we like for people that they like hopefully <laughs> and it's a it's a weird thing it's a weird hard thing for me anyway. um i'm not a very overly you know careful person maybe so <laughs> it's just like bumbling my way through but whatever i made something people like it that's good
0: Yeah, well, I kind of, you know, I think there's a certain uh, value in just throwing yourself in with kind of, I would say with wild abandon. I mean, you need to, you don't want to be completely stupid, but like, no, but I I didn't know about POD, how I really wanted to handle it. And I just realized I was losing out a lot of people from Europe, not buying a physical zine without doing POD. So I thought, well, I'll just do POD. And I thought, well, it'd just be a small amount of people that I can, I can absorb if it goes sideways. But then the Kickstarter was more successful than I thought, and I got like 50 people doing POT. So the stakes are higher Uh to get it right. (laughs) So
1: congratulations. That feels good. That's cool. Uh, I had the same thing with Fallen. I was like, you know, 100 people will probably be interested in this. And then it actually was quite successful, and I was like, oh, shit.
0: So I I don't know that that I – I follow you on Twitter. I don't know that I realized that Fallen was – on a uh, was on Kickstarter. Oh
2: yeah,
1: yeah, um, yes. Nine months ago,
2: it went
1: eight months ago.
0: So, are you on the RPG Zines, the Facebook group? I don't
2: do Facebook, so okay. no, I'm not.
0: If if um, I would recommend, uh, if you get it, if you ever so inclined, and you want to just create a, a fake profile, whatever. Uh, that's a very, very great. It's a very good group to be part of. In fact, it's. I would say, as a business, you should be, uh, because we allow people to uh, uh, hawk their wares and services.
2: Oh, okay.
0: And it's like I'll have to look into it. Well, There's like three thousand people in this community, so you're, you're, you know, it, it would behoove you, I think, to, um, you know, to um, uh, yeah, you know, to check that out because I think there there could be okay. commissions plus you know just things you can learn too from other people.
1: You know, I was part of a, some Discord groups where I like to try to learn like, how do you guys do this, how do you handle that, you know, just learning like you said, kind of throw yourself in with cautious abandon <laughs> and um, see what ends up happening. You know, with Fallen, yeah, it was like okay, I'm gonna do this Kickstarter, and I kind of maybe even jump the gun a little. Some people are like, you should slow down. And I was like, no, I'm excited. And then it kind of went big. We we had over
0: 800 vectors. And. Oh, my goodness. You really uh, you really did well. That's twenty one thousand seven hundred and seven. Yeah. Um, Congratulations.
1: Thank you. But, you know, when it's all said and done, after production, I, I added on card decks Oh. and the shipping. I ended up having to ship the books and the card deck separate because production finished too far apart so I shipped 452 packages twice a bunch of them abroad (laughs) and um and then I had like nine contributors you know I tried to pay them as fairly as I could and um yeah so basically it I mean I don't really love talking numbers and stuff, but for this perspective, you see 21 and then it's yes, significantly less. <laughs> significant. <laughs> um, you well, know, shipping, shipping. I tried to post something about this recently on social media because I know a lot of people jump in, like, oh yeah, this is cool. And I've heard it so many times from my friends. I did
2: Kickstarter and shipping wiping out. You know, I charged X for shipping, which was too low. And then I ended up having to ship it twice. What do you mean you had to ship it twice? Well,
1: I got my books and I fulfilled them. I shipped books all over the world. And then the cards came in like two months later. Oh. And I didn't want people to wait. So I shipped all the cards and I was like, well, it's just a deck of cards. That should be oh, much. Oh yeah. Might as well be shipping a brick.
0: Might as well be shipping a gallon
1: of milk. <laughs> the first day I went to the post office, I was like, "You're kidding? That's how much a deck
0: part is?"
1: And then I did the math, and it ended up being like four thousand dollars later. Oh, oh no! And yeah. you know, and, and I don't regret it at all. That was my mistake as a logistic learning small dude. But and I'm, I think the decks were fucking rad, if I can say that. And they're yeah. cool, and people seem to like them. Really, I say that story as if you're getting into the crowdfunding, do this research better than I did. Don't just... I got so excited on making... I'm going to make... I sit down every day and make stuff. That's what I do. I draw, I write, I doodle, I sketch. And I shipped out 450 packages twice. <laughs> and it was about over 100, or maybe it was about 85 to 100 international packages. So... <sighs>
0: Yeah, I've I've anyway. only sh- I've only shipped international. So here's what I would suggest: uh, Drive through RPG also has a card site. You can do POD.
1: I've been told by friends next time to print <laughs> on demand. You fool, and I will trust me. But um, that being well, said, but- the whole thing was
0: also fun and exciting. And I made something that I think people like, so I'm excited for that. Well, but the thing is, you didn't do, so I'm an incrementalist, okay? So I, I start with a thing, and then I just, I, I crank it up a little bit each time. <laughs> you, you ran, jump, and you leapt into the, the abyss across I the did. crevasse, trying to reach the other side. <laughs>
1: that describes some of my life, probably, actually.
2: Don't it do worked. it the way I do
1: it but you worked. You you didn't, you, you didn't go bankrupt.
2: I I didn't go bankrupt. I made a product that I'm quite proud of. Um, And I was by all accounts, I think successful in doing a responsible fulfillment.
1: You know, I hear enough stories about people getting screwed by Kickstarters or
2: waiting so long. And I was terrified of letting people down. So, I think it's a success i think that's good
0: well so it's interesting in that i um because why i I, your your patreon is what attracted me but then i was seeing these cards it didn't really it it wasn't making sense not that i tried to make sense of it like i don't understand now now the cards all make sense
2: because they were so different
0: (laughs) no it's like i I don't understand why I I I I think my assumption was, and maybe it is, is I just I don't I haven't had much time to really pay attention to many things lately. But my thought was that these cards were meant to supplement an existing like old school essentials or something that somehow this was like were story cards meant to stand on their own. But maybe they do, but it looks like it's it's actually in relation to fallen, right?
2: They're
1: technically a fallen oracle deck. there's even the word fallen on the
2: back of them yeah um but they are system agnostic there's no statistics they're strictly oracle cards so um they're flavored towards fallen that world
1: um but you could use them for almost any fantasy style Okay. And that was the plan to make something a little more universal. Um, I mean, the monster decks, uh, you can't see anything, but The monster decks are falling. They're just the best year from the book produced into tarot size cards. Um, but in theory, you could use both decks in front of you, draw one from one to create your entire hook, and then draw a creature card and create your monster for that adventure. And each card could be a one shot. So there's 20 oracle cards, 20 bestiary cards. Each oracle card I did two of, so
2: there's 40 illustrations um, for the cards. And those are, none of the, those, were all separate from Patreon. So, um, but uh, the Patreon, I actually made
1: an announcement this week, is going to be leaning more towards falling. So part of the goal is to develop another 20 cards, and I'll be using the Patreon to get feedback on that and develop those.
0: Yeah, and I think that thing is—if I recall correctly—you also uh, up the. I think it was from one dollar to two fifty for the for the uh, use of clip art or stock art. Stock art's all at two fifty, and that is such a good deal. Thank you, (laughs) thank you. Like dollars, like you are not charging enough. (laughs) Well, I've been
1: told that, and then I've also been told I don't. Put out enough or good enough sometimes, so it goes both ways. There are better artists than me that only charge a dollar, so um, that's something you have to decide personally. Frankly, on my Patreon for a 250 month you get access to almost 240 illustrations right now.
0: Well, and to me, I, one thing I thought of because I'm always thinking the not always, but I think about these things quite a bit. But it's like I thought you could also do a, a tier where one could just be you know lower resolution images and the other one would be higher resolution images too much work okay i understand that <laughs> for, the, for the differentiation that you'll gain <laughs> you know for the one dollar tier right now it's just like oh pr is kind of cool here's a right.
1: tip and then 250 you get all the stuff at 250 you also get the games the books the zines um the five dollar tier you get stuff mailed to you occasionally, and then the ten dollars tier, you get stuff mailed to you.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know, and I think the thing is, is like it's uh, like I say, it's it's definitely a huge amount of value, at least for me. I made a commitment. Well, I say commitment, but you know, so you know, for the the Gary's appendix, I I, I have it's really two separate things. There's the the best Gary, yeah. and then there's going to be everything else. And so, you know, using the It's very exciting, stuff, man. It looks
2: like a cool project.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hope uh, uh I yeah, I am pretty excited about it. Um I yeah. I try I, I try not to um I, I there's probably a little bit of pessimism not pessimism, I trend to I, I tend to uh stop myself from down talking things. But yes, I'm I'm very excited. Good. Um but the but I definitely the styles, your is definitely different from uh deans but it's like but that's but i'm not going to use your illustrations for the bestiary but anything that i will illuminate from the bestiary, like deities or whatever i'll put articles on the other side and i can use your your work for that and for other articles and i think it maintains a consistent feel
2: you know just
1: as a quick side note, you're always my patrons are always welcome to say, hey, could you make more like this or more like that? I try to ask every now and then. Um, but patrons are always welcome to make suggestions, you know, and I can't ever guarantee, but I try my best to get something for everyone. And um anyway, that's just something, you know, as things progress with my patrons, some have been on there for a while. I try to help make stuff everyone can
0: yeah and i and i you know also too it's like i you know try and keep different projects um kind of separate um but then mm-hmm. i was there's another project i'm working on for <laughs> it's like uh i bet one of your pieces of so art would work great <laughs> i flipped through like yep this will work perfect even though that makes probably me thrilled Ill- man <laughs> yeah probably using somebody else's for the for the rest of it but it's like it's like, no, this is a very unusual thing. And I think this very unusual thing will be, whatever it is that you do, I know if I'm looking for a feel. Yeah. A very, to me, it's a very primal, very, um, I don't know how to describe it. Whatever it is, I I got to feel what I can get from, I just start flipping through your art and I'll, I'll know I'll find something that'll work.
2: Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. That's what
1: art does, right? Like some pieces click and some don't. And that's what you do with it, right? Like, Uh, illustrators. And I make no claims to being a great illustrator. I'm so aware that there are many (laughs) amazing illustrators in our scene. And I try to learn from them all the time. But everyone brings something different too, I think, you know, and it's picking what works, what doesn't, you know, and I just put out a pamphlet this week, and I'm a patron of other people myself. And I use one of, art from somebody I support you
2: know because I couldn't come up with that character <laughs> you know and
1: I try to make a point of pride of illustrating most of my own
2: stuff but the,
1: the more into this I get I'm like oh there's people that just do things better
0: <laughs> well I won't say better because I don't think that's right it
2: uh, just well, isn't
0: it isn't as fitting like there's something that it just fits it's not better it fits
2: I think
1: you've put it better than I did
0: because <laughs> there's another person I use for another project and their stuff is, it, it, it's good, but it's not, It it's like, I would say it doesn't look like super professional, but when you use it throughout the whole thing, it, it does give a consistency and it works. Yeah. And, there you but, go. But I would, what I would say, this is this person, necessarily a a, you know or great art whatever. no but like but the stuff they do it really works it's very fitting you know for that i wouldn't you would not want to put it in a wizards like wizard coast would never use it in their books and it would would be fitting for that but for a certain style of zine it works really well
1: so in terms of your zine that you just worked on i kind of love this idea of um like module journals from what i understand back in the day like dragon and um
2: White dwarf, maybe yeah. I might
1: be misspeaking. Like these journals, right? That came out with articles and bits. And I've been kind of getting into those recently, like with more essay. It's I guess it's kind of like blogs in print <laughs> a little bit. Um with little dungeons or bits or characters, you know, whatever they choose. I like that. So what's what's going on with that for you? How does that work for you?
0: Well, I mean, what I'm looking for. <laughs> Well, there's a couple things. I really the the probably the greatest. Um, uh, there's two things that were going on. One is I really wanted to just to kind of do more like just uh, more academic style, not me writing. Um, I, had, I had several things going on. There's a lot of things going on. There's just two One thing I really wanted to do, which did not work out. Okay, I thought I had a guy, but it just didn't work out. What I really wanted to do uh, early on was um, a, uh, a, a um, civilization uh, zine where it focused on, like, say, uh, Manoa or Egypt or whatever. And it would be, like, the things that you would just need to know, and you could read it, and you could come to an understanding of what it would be to play or run a game in that setting. Like, what do these people think? What are the religious like? Not just what do they believe, but like, how does that rubber meet the road in the lives of people, and how will that affect gameplay? So you know, if I'm a follower, you know, if I, you know, if if, if I'm, um, you know, uh, Grecian, I, you know, they're they're not monotheistic; they follow all the gods. But you know what? If they if their 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 daily routine may be doing certain things. And that is what the life of a Bronze Age person in a Grecian uh, society would be like, and you could, and, and the idea is to have different societies, and then people could read through those, and it just would be like informative, and basic GMs could you know pick and choose what they wanted to to put in their own.
2: That's ambitious and sounds very
0: difficult. Um, well, yeah, it failed. <laughs> it, it it it. I thought the plane was taken off, but it never left the runway. So. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't think I could do something like that. It's um,
1: too
2: hard to read into other stuff, you know, I think. In terms of world building, um,
1: you know, the Thousand Thousand Islands kind of comes to mind. Are you familiar with that
2: project? No. By, um, pardon me for mispronouncing, Sedek Um, He and
1: Kao put out this amazing group of zines, and I think there's 12
2: of them, it's called Thousand Thousand Eyes, and it's like, and I actually don't recall
1: the country he's from, but it's all based on their Eastern culture.
0: Oh, so it'd be like it'd be like Southeast Asia, maybe. Though. Yeah, I don't okay. want to
1: misspeak from where Why? they're but from. Right, so, I don't so what you
0: have that. is multiple islands, and each one probably has a certain distinctness about them. They're not. It like does, a monoculture. and they're beautiful. Yes,
1: and they're beautiful. They're interesting, but they're not root. They're rooted in fantasy and their folktale and history and stories and stuff. But it's also fantasy based world building, you know, and. and that comes to mind, you know, and they're writing from their perspective and they created this epic world. You buy the bundle and it's this big pack of zines and they're all distinct and all illustrated throughout, like you're saying, by the same artist. It yeah. just has this beautiful, and I'd love to see more of that, you know, like giant
0: collections of worlds from all over the world would be great, written by those people. Um, right. Well, it's kind of like, you know, comics, I think in a in in my 20s, when they were trying to change things around in movies, and, and put people of different color and different roles. And I'm like, you know what, they're trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. And then as I get older, it's like, you know what, this is pretty boring. <laughs> it's the same old white people in the same white situations. Like, it would be much more interesting if you said, well, what happens if Captain America was black? Or what happened if Captain America was a woman? And and explore some nuances rather than the same old, like 60 years of the same old nonsense.
1: (laughs) I totally share that perspective, man. You know, I mean, I don't know how far we get into this, but the Lord of the Rings right now, right?
2: That's a big thing right now. And I'm amazed how many people I see making a big deal about
1: Their choices. I'm like, so what? It's a fantasy story. They're trying to tell it from a perspective of actual humanity, you know? And and I love that about it. I think that's so interesting. I mean, really, frankly, we're right, we're talking about a damn book that's from back in the day that people love, but so do what you want with it. And I think that's cool. I think we could use those perspectives,
0: frankly, and those visuals. And I think the other thing too is. I think we often is, under don't estimate the the power that that fiction um because this is really kind of very much like the 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 legends and the lore and the myths that were created years ago and it was to inspire people, I think in many ways to and especially superhero stories, I think nowadays are of reflecting you know things of justice and and brightness and, and being able to change the world. And there's a lot of like very positive messages, but if there's nobody that is shown in those positive ways, other than just white guys, it, it's like, well, girls should have their heroes too. That should be powerful and stand up to injustice. And people of color should have be, young kids should be able to see, you know, people like them in roles of in positions of, of justice and power and being able to change the world. Like we all need that inspiration. Like, when we I don't see that, but it's, it's like, but th- that's necessary for a good society.
2: It's
1: like the um, Kickstarter from last year. I did not back this one, but Coyote and Crow. Yeah. Right? Yes. All written by uh, Native American First Nations peoples. And how
2: cool, you know,
1: like completely. Alters the whole spectrum and division of perspectives. And why wouldn't we want that in our stories? Is what I'm thinking. You know? And and frankly, just as a side note, as far as superhero stories go, they're boring, they're all the same. Casting characters aside, um, I mean, this this is why Black Panther was successful, right? Because it was an entirely different tale. That's what it felt like, you know. And not to mention it's just interesting, but so many of them are not. And and I'm freaking tired of them. I can't wait for them to go away. (laughs) Um, And I'm not a comic book junkie. I don't watch many cartoons, but God, we need new stories. We really, really do. Um, Anyway, that's my rant against corporate comic book movie culture stuff. They're all the same.
0: Well, and I I understand.
1: It's about people who are different.
0: Yeah, well, the the problem is, is I think it's not always nefarious on the part of corporations. It's just that when you're spending, you know, uh, $500 million, you want the safest bet and you're going to pick the most, uh, the the most uh, vanilla that you can, you can possibly get. And yeah, just go build a homeless
1: shelter. (laughs) Yes. I don't know. Sorry, I'm gonna make a lot of people annoyed by this, so <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not. Yeah. No. Anyway, these I don't try to share too many. Podcasts, so those are
0: um, <laughs> a hot take from PR. The uh, I there'll be a whole segment.
2: <laughs> I just um, I, you know, I spent a
1: lot of the time looking at art. Right, like I've gone to a ton of museums. I have. Hopped on planes to fly cross-country to go to a gallery show by a painter from Sweden. I've gone to Europe to just go see certain artists' work in person. Like I've looked at a lot of fucking art. And then you get to see something like waxy Productions and how boring it. Yeah, <laughs> and i'm like why what i mean i get it because you need lowest common denominator which is the way to produce and sell stuff so you can maximize things but there is so many more interesting perspectives to be told and skill sets to to explore and that's one thing i think why i latched on to this scene so much to bring this all back to what we actually do daily you know it's like when i i spent i try to spend a lot of time being at quote-unquote outsider art folk art self-taught artists Right? that's some of the stuff i resonate most with i'm like oh my god there's a lot of self-taught artists in this scene you know like just making shit like oh i had this weird thing and i doodled this up and it's Interesting, <laughs> and and I latched onto the scene because there's a lot of that, you know, and,
2: and it's not the Xerox punk
0: days of making black and white scenes, but I don't you know, know, but same thing for the people who are writing too. Totally, totally. There's a lot of weird shit being. Yeah, it's and cool. it's like you can you can do that. It's it it's it's that space that you'll never see with you'll never ever see with Watsy. Never.
1: No, and once he has its place. I don't want to knock
0: them or anything. I guess that's really, but I,
1: I guess I'm just thinking, goodness, just like big movies. Let's keep, there's a lot of cool stuff, and that's what I try to find anyway. That's that's my.
0: Well, I think what's odd is I, I I've never seen The Joker. It's just not my my thing. But it, it's it's interesting how something that was given a little bit of money and not really much expectation, it is taking things in a very different direction. Does incredibly well.
2: Which you know,
0: one? What we- uh, the Joker, the uh the movie with um, I don't know, it came out like four years ago or so. Uh it's with um
2: oh. uh who is that with? I don't remember. Is this the jo- Joaquin Phoenix? That's picture?
0: it. I, I was afraid I was going to yes, yeah, so the walking Phoenix. I was afraid I was gonna name somebody that was actually dead, getting him confused with another person, but <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah it's like you know, whether the, I don't, I've never seen the movie. It doesn't appeal to me, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's like uh, they just kind of did a thing and it worked and it was not a yeah. high budget movie and it worked. And it's just like, you know, it just, you kind of, you know, you're, it, it's like they, they try something, and something kind of works and then it becomes a formula of yeah. whatever exactly that is. Let's make it a template and go forward. Whether it's a Batman movie, like Batman movie successful. They must all be dark. They must all be gritty. Batman must be, you know, have this attitude, and, and all our universe must reflect this darkness going forward. Like, mm-hmm. well, no, it worked for this particular story, but that doesn't mean that it's like. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't you know. You get into whole theories of camp and not camp at that point. I'm not smart enough to comment <laughs> too much there. Um,
0: um- <clears throat> Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting as far as, you know, the stuff that's out there, the, the freedom, the, the art, and I think zines and RPGs is still in a very, it's a very, you know, uh, it's still in early stages. I mean, it's as a medium, it's not, I think it's only really, I think it's only been, I think the depths are only really started getting explored maybe like 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I mean, you know, it was kind of on a certain path and then, a group of people said, "Well, what about this? What about that? Let's just let's deconstruct and reimagine." And I think it's kind of been on an interesting path since then.
1: I yeah, I can't speak to that early history of it, um, but it certainly is interesting to me. It's a it's a unification of all things I love: story, art, books. You know, these are the things that drive me: graphics, and. um. I think that's why I like it so much. There's not a single day almost that if I hop on social media, I'm like, oh, dang, that's cool. Or, you know, I get I get
2: something fresh. That's part of the difficulty of it is, you know, <laughs> it's DIY and indie, but it's massive when you're in it. <laughs> you know,
1: there's
0: a lot coming out all the time. It can be hard to keep up. Oh, it definitely is. And I think it's, I think because Kickstarter made things viable, economically viable, it, it changed the landscape.
2: It seems to have, because it's simple, relatively, aside of things we
0: oh, talked about right. here. But if you would have done this before, you would have printed it out maybe on your own, maybe 100 copies of Fallen. You, yeah. You'd tried to go around to different stores, maybe try selling itch or whatever. And you would not have done very well, but.
1: And you'd be going to conventions and things.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: I've tried, I've sold a few of my things to some local stores and it's, it's a weird thing, you know, door to door salesman thing, knock on the door. Here's a thing I made. Do you want, want to try it. And you come into the store six months later and there's a copy sitting there all rifled through next to like, dcc full line and D full line <laughs>
2: yes.
1: you're like oh yeah i'm pretty <laughs> out of place here uh, now think- kudos to the shop who bought the stuff
0: that was really cool of oh them. right and they're supporting they're, they're you know i want to say unless it's something really really high. I mean, it's they're supporting you is what they're they're saying that's the whole point and
1: and i was so like stoked and grateful but there's like a weird battle here or it's not even a battle it's just like a weird okay yep i made this thing um, and that goes to like what what are your designs on your future and ambitions at that points you everybody has to decide
0: that for themselves yeah well i thought about you know somebody asked me about you know trying to you know get stores to carry various things i've done and i was like i don't know if it's worth my time <laughs> yeah like, like you go and you spend this you drive you spend time discussing maybe sell a couple copies you know at a discount it's like i don't i don't know that it's uh you know
1: for free rpg day i actually put some stuff on the table this year the shop gave me permission to drop some things in there and i put things on there and at first i was like oh this is really fun and then i'm like oh these things probably got pulped
0: (laughs) right exactly you know
1: it's like my campaign notebook Granted, it is nicely printed, but my campaign notebook next to like the new dcc RPG Day module. <laughs> what a joke. So um I Anyway. Um so well. I hope the thing goes good for you. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. Well, and the other thing was the the impetus two was also um the dungeon masters guide, the first edition, which is just a bunch of of um, ec- eclectic uh, Stuff written in Gigaxian prose that you know the the choices are very interesting and odd, but I think by far it's probably the if if you look at any single RPG book that you could just pick up and read at any time, just flip through, it's probably the most readable of any product ever produced. I've never read them. I go get yourself a first edition Dungeon Master's Guide, and you want to you you you'll, you'll you'll be shocked it's it's like imagine wikipedia for gamers before there was the internet Mm. you want to you want to read about gemstones here's you know seven paragraphs talking about gemstones right you want to talk about diseases and parasites and where you get them and what your chances are based on environment and (laughs) there's 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 a page on that i should probably try and do that you know i picked up the single DD I
1: have is the current Game Master's Guide. And I was curious about what tables were in it, things like that. So I picked that up. And there's surprisingly a lot of
0: tables, but the rest of the book didn't do much for me. No. Um, so I'll have to check out the
1: older edition.
0: Yeah, the first edition, um, as far as you can pick a, just a beat up copy, cheap, up cheap. And, mm-hmm. and it's just full of. It's even slightly disjointed. That's part of the charm. Like you really just don't know what all's going to be in there, and you can find things that will go on. There's been three three pages talking about scribes.
2: That's a lot of scribe
0: talk. Yes, like there's like well, did you think proportionally? Like he spent more time talking about scribes than he did about other things. Like why are there not more usages of scribes in? That was his thing. You know? well i don't know. I don't know if you're just trying to fill page count I don't know hmm. but it's it's all you, you you flip through it it's just it it's just the an nods, and that's part of the reason too for that it, it was a uh, is a zine where it just would be interesting articles where you could just pick up flip through it, and it may not be like you know a new character class or whatever it's just like okay let's you know let's 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 take a subject maybe even. Not even have any mechanics at all, but just talk about a subject.
2: Mm-hmm. I guess that's why your your book interested me.
1: You know, it's like I'm just going to sit down. I got 15 minutes. For, you know, just like why magazines are great, right? You Exactly. Article, tuck it down, and yet it's. Um, I have a lot of game books now at this point, and that's a lot of repetition, <laughs> a lot of the same stuff. Um, all right. <laughs> so you're you're mining it for the nuggets or the Maybe pros sometimes. There's not a lot of great pros necessarily.
0: No, there's
1: a lot of bad. The game manuals. You know, it's... I don't know. That's why back that Back to Basics journal that came out last year, you know, it's like, oh, pick it up or knock magazine. Pick it up, get some nuggets, and then set it down. And there's no commitment yeah. beyond
0: that. And it's I would say cool. it's, it's kind of, you know, akin to sort of that where I definitely don't have... <laughs> layout chops nor the desire to replicate that but yeah that and that was probably even more disjointed but yeah what i really loved about is the knock issue i got it's like they talked about one of my favorite articles was the keep on the borderlands the writer figured out where in it was located and he named a region in canada and provided all the reasons for that and you're like wow that's pretty fascinating. <laughs>
1: Right, right, and then that's all you need from it, right, at that point, point. and I would say you don't need to replicate that either, you know, yeah. I mean, it's,
2: it's fun,
1: and it was super successful, and I love my knock books, and yet there's space for more um, sparse or toned down or different, even. I don't know, I just, the point of the whole thing is there's space for a lot of perspective in our scene, and that's what I like about it. And people are um, very defensive of keeping that space, you know. So we can all have a say, and all have fun with it, and and uh, there's room for everyone to tell their bit, you know. And that's cool. It's well, really fun.
0: Back in the days where I was doing a lot more photography, I would I would get with a friend or two, and we would just uh, knock around. I love I really love going behind uh, businesses in small towns and photographing stuff behind these old uh, buildings, like you just find odds and ends. I mean, I really love the, I love the, 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 the haphazard, you know, wiring and utility panels to chairs with grills. Like, like there's like a, there's like a life going on on the other side of the small town. The,
1: the, the second story or something.
0: Yeah. And so, but the thing is, is like, you, you could, a person could go with two or three people. And you could literally photograph the same thing. But when you look at the images afterwards, they're different. I mean, it's, they're completely different. The the perspective is different. I mean, it's, and it's the same sort of thing. It's like, we all see things at a different angle. And it's not like you, you say, well, you all just took a picture of this. Well, we did, but it's, it's not the same. For sure. I think that's a pretty great analogy, actually, you know, like,
1: photography in general does that so well it's why some people love it right it lets you share right there your perspective at that snap of a moment and
0: and i think um, the thing is if you're a person who's contemplating uh your shot then it becomes very much a reflection of how you view the world or how you want the world i mean how you're approaching it and the same thing with with probably more traditional art it's like you know, I want a picture of a, of a man with a sword and a dragon. Okay, well, that can, you can go many directions with that. Or you could even say, yeah. here's a picture of a person, here's a picture of a dragon. I want you to do a, 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 a painting combining the two. Well, two artists, it will still come out different, even if their styles are very much the same. Sure.
2: You know, that, that's something
1: I, I try to remind myself of all the time <laughs> for my own work. I'm
0: like, okay, this is okay. I'm not good at that, but I try. But the you thing know, like, is, is the is, is people okay. are not I I think if at least for me, this is why I do because I could be off, uh, but it's it's what I am buying as far as for art from you know, I look at what you're doing, is I want I want you whatever it is you produce there that is unique. That is you. So whether it's perfect or not perfect, whether it doesn't reach ideal or not that's where I'm buying is the perfections and the imperfections that, that, uh, that you bring, you know, same thing. Like there's, I have a perspective on things and I think there's people who probably buy things hopefully over time. will say, you know, Jeff has a perspective. I either like it or don't like it, but I'm buying it because that's a perspective that he brings. And that's something that mm-hmm. engages with me. And I think that's where as creatives we're trying to be at is, you know, kind of find that voice being true. That and not saying we can't improve. But there is something we all bring that other people can't. Yeah, I think that's
2: totally it. And what makes it fun is the liberty to do that, right?
0: Yes, yes. You and don't have somebody saying, coming back over your shoulder and saying, PR, uh, could you clean us up a little bit? And could you have this guy holding the sword instead of a mace? And, and you don't have no. that.
2: Being your
1: own boss is a lot of fun. Some days it's also a headache,
0: but it's a lot of fun. Well, the problem is you are you are. I think especially you because you're trying to produce quite a bit. Is and I think even me in some ways. Because I want to be perspective. Is like you don't you you know if you had a boss, your boss would tell you what to do, and then you get paid for doing that thing. Or here it's that collective, like the people that exist outside of us that we don't necessarily know who they are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's from from my patron perspective, for example, it's a lot of guess and check. You know,
1: I like to experiment and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And when your whole sounding board, because just to be completely honest, I don't do this just for free. It's just for fun. I am trying to pay some bills and things like that it's a guess and check between what do I do that I just want to do that day and how can I also make it so people want to consume and that's a hard thing to do it actually is hard because I am my own boss I literally have to sit down and make something you know I spent I just spent 12 hours on this piece probably over the last two days you know and I just sat down and made it and. Right all ink and watercolor and it took a long time and it's the last page of my sketchbook and it's gonna go to patrons and people get that for two fifty. Now do they like it or not? I don't fucking know, but I know I put a lot of effort into it and and it's one of those things where we're all doing It's a lot of guess and check. And unfortunately, social media is your sounding board in a lot of ways because it's not really a financial sounding board, you know, we don't have We have shops, but it's, you know, I was somebody who was never on social media until two years ago. So I'm still learning what the hell it even is in a lot of ways. It's hard. It's hard. It's exhausting. It's soul sucking (laughs) in many ways. And yet some of my greatest friends now, that's how I've learned of them. So fuck if I know. All I know is I sat down and made this drawing and I think it's pretty rad. It's going to go in the next patron adventure. It'll be a piece of stock art. And, you know, it's a nine by 11 drawing. And I don't know, people get to decide, I guess, right? But I made it and I had to sit down and tell myself to do it.
0: <laughs> well, I think the thing too is, and this is what's, it's hard. You're offering, uh, basically, it's a, it's a package. So whatever you're, you're contributing, you get, you're not selling them individually. But I no. think what's also hard is you have uh, places for people to comment when you do. And what I found is what I would sell, try, try and sell um, uh, photography's art in, in art shows and different uh, places was that a lot of my pictures would get a lot of comments, but nobody was buying it. And I started to, and it hit me after a while was that I think the, the first people that, were, <laughs> that would actually be buying that art would be the wives, the women. And they buy art for decor. And so just because people would be vocal and come to me and talk about, you know, my photography of these barns or whatever, and love them, um, their wife's not going to let them hang on. (laughs) They're not going to buy it. (laughs) It's like, it's so it's like, it, it, it can be a summer kind of thing too. It's like, how do you, it's another thing. How do you navigate what to produce when you're going to be investing time and energy? And maybe the people that aren't talking are the ones that are are your biggest, you know, could be the people that are uh, your biggest buyers and the people that are vocal may don't represent the majority, but they're the only people you hear. It's 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 very it's a very difficult circumstance. It is.
2: Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have a similar
1: experience with women only buying art as decor or not
0: well mine was to be fair like 11 by 14 framed matted type stuff not necessarily you know smaller stuff so it's it would be stuff that you'd probably would put in your living room or you know something Uh, along those lines um yeah yeah i don't know i mean
2: it's hard to navigate that part but um I think you just make stuff that's what it is and whoever consumes it consumes it I think making yourself available to a diverse group of people and trying your best and you know practicing authenticity
1: and perhaps transparency although art's not necessarily for that um you know, and you, you can go the Saison route where you pushed on a wheelbarrow of your rejected canvases trying to hawk them. And that's one way, and that's romantic and interesting and sad at the same time. Or you try your ass off to get what you get. Do. I don't know. It's it's hard to comment on any kind of creative success because so much of what we call success is not good.
0: It sucks. A lot of consumed products aren't interesting
2: well, in the I- mass.
0: And I think Whoa. there's been a change because like where I'm at is a Midwest, m- middle aged people buying art, where I think yeah. now it's more acceptable. I think there's a larger market. So it really wasn't. So I mean, when I was growing up, it was not socially acceptable. Well, it was it, there was no social uh, cachet for being a nerd and mm. for being a guy and even less so for being a woman. Um, mm-hmm. where I think now it's like it's so accepted by the younger generation and even older women now watching Marvel movies. I think, you know, there's probably much more acceptance to um, and, and, and desire for having that kind of media rather than trying to sell a, a black and white stark barn picture with, you know, high contrast clouds to, a, a, you know, a 50-year-old woman who can't see how it's going to find your couch.
2: Do you look at the photographer Richard Adams, I think? no oh man he's an amazing western based photographer super
1: stark high key minimal gritty american western he did a beautiful book of like small neglected churches on the prairie and uh, sort of like the sort of like, like nitty-gritty minimal Ansel Adams, without the epicness or something, yeah. he's really great. He's he's really good. I think you'd like maybe you'd like his work. Um, I see his books when I lived out west quite a bit. You know, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, anyway, that's and and there sad,
0: are now. people who have, have broken through. And 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 the thing is, it's just I I really was not able to a- achieve a, any notable level. I uh, yeah, say notable, yeah, it's any notable. I mean, I I would sell stuff, but it was never it just didn't pay out. And saying with portrait, like portrait photography, I really love doing certain things, but I didn't really enjoy just doing a normal portrait. Like I really enjoyed environmental mm-hmm. portraits or trying mm-hmm. things different where, you know, all, all the mom really wants the picture of her, her son or daughter smiling with a ha- happy look on her face. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I grew up in the Midwest and there's definitely a different perspective here. Um, But I also spent a lot of time escaping it too. So (laughs) Um, you know,
1: when I got out of art school, I started an art gallery co-op. And it was literally it was a a minor rebellion against the stagnated scene of art that was there. You know, and and it ended up being the most attended gallery that year. We did like nine or ten shows. Chalk full every opening is because people actually want that stuff. And people are actually nerds. The amount of nerdism out there is actually massive because people like weird, interesting shit. And we all live fantastically up here, right? So the more this culture of ours, society, I think, decides, yeah, we can take all these perspectives that are interesting. I think the world's going to be way better for it. Now, whether we flood out first or burn to death first is a
2: different <laughs> story.
1: But, um, it's too bad it's taken this long. And, you know, that's one thing I guess we could say thanks to fucking Marvel and Watsi 4s. They've really said, like, be a nerd. It's okay, you know? First time I really heard that was when I, when I read, I think Juno Diaz, the Pulitzer Prize winner. Wrote the Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde. He basically was like, "Yeah, that's what I am. I'm a nerd." And he wrote a whole book about a chubby guy who's a nerd who loved comic books and superheroes. And, and he wins the Pulitzer Prize for it. You can say whatever you want about the Pulitzer Prize. I mean, it's it's another you know institution. Who knows? But nonetheless, they chose something very different by a different kind of writer, and that was. You know, I was a pretty young person at that point, And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. You know, there's a wide world out there of beautiful stuff. And I'm, I'm so excited to see it become less just fringe cult DIY underground. You know? um, because that means right. we're richer for it. Right. Who doesn't want to be culturally rich, right? Informationally rich is something you can actually enjoy. Because, you know, the rest of the world is pretty bleak right now. And so, um, and our small scene offers a lot of richness with a lot of really cool people. There's your assholes, of course, but there's a lot of richness and wonder and interest and beauty. Um, and that's why I do it. That's why I enjoy it. Uh, i have some really great friends that are just really decent people who make really cool stuff and they celebrate other people making cool stuff and people pay each other for that cool stuff and um, and you know the one subject that's difficult and i struggle with is sustainability of the scene and these things you know if we're all passing money around from each other that makes it hard but I do see there being a cool way forward as it grows, and there being more space for all that
0: stuff. But um, as long
1: as, like I said, the Earth doesn't fall flat first.
0: Well, I think the thing is, I mean, culture definitely is changing, and I and, I'm, and I kind of like similar, I, I would think like, you know, like like even the zine RPG is like, is it going to implode? Is this just like a, a bubble? But from what I can tell, there are more young people engaged in a way into this culture than I've ever seen. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's not going to, it's, you know, it's not going to go away. Um, and I think it's, it kind of made me think of like, I've been watching Seinfeld. I never, I, I've only just recently started watching Seinfeld. <laughs> so it was on, on Netflix. I'm watching through all the Seinfelds. And uh, of course I, okay. I, huh that's epic yeah it is epic uh and i mean being the person i am um yeah i guess i guess start analyzing things and uh i believe that jerry seinfeld as a person i don't know if it's still true but he loves superman (laughs) there's superman uh there's a superman um statue statue on his shelf a lot of times there will be a magnet on there Sometimes he'd be reading a Superman comic. (laughs) How about that? Yeah. Sometimes Superman would find a reference actually in the dialogue. It's not ironic, right? No. It's organic. It's like it is very clear that to anybody watching the show that Jerry Seinfeld reads comic books, Superman comics (laughs) at least. And that was in the nineties. And I think what's happened is, I don't think, I think he, you know, was in the nerdum. but then there's a large group of us that were deep in the nerdum that were just a little bit older than him. And it wasn't great for us, um, but we loved what no. we loved having the comic books society wasn't great. But then as right. we got older, we're the ones writing for TV shows. We're the ones writing for movies, you know, that generation, yeah. Has uh, cultural
1: vengeance?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Right. Maybe so.
0: Yeah. And so, but anyway, but looking back, it's like there's 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 a lot. There was a lot of water behind that dam. That dam's burst, and there's no. I don't think there's really going to be. I'm not saying things aren't going to change, but I don't really. I I don't see It's kind of like comic books. This thing I never understood. Like like comic books with with women. Like. It's like Marvel and DC, like we're completely blind to manga. Completely mm. blind to manga. Manga comes on the scene, what probably like their early 90s, mid-90s in a big way. And you go to bookstores and it's like, go to the library, go look at the library section for manga. It's huge the yeah. section.
1: Whole whole wall of it.
0: Yeah whole audience they said we don't care about you <laughs> they said okay we'll go read manga because it's fun and we enjoy it and i'm thinking like how blind and how dumb what was are we I even mean, myself but like companies just saying you know there's a whole market why are we not paying attention to the people we always pay attention to people that are pay, wanting our stuff why don't we pay attention to the wider market and make things that actually they want not things that we think they want Mm-hmm. we think they want things in pink we think they want yes. things like no they want engaging stories it's like,
2: like i think you make a great point right like bias plays a lot into, it yeah right and and we
1: all wrangle with our own form of it in one way or another and you know like my bias in a long time bias was like illustration i struggled with it and comics, and cartoons, and
0: graphic novels, and... When we say uh, struggle, what do you mean by struggle with it? Like, I don't read them. I never grew up reading comic
1: books, ever. I never really, beyond fifth grade, I never really studied maybe high school, like, comic art, you know? I missed the cool indie comic boat with all the weird cartoons. I missed a lot of stuff you know, I have this big bias and I'm in the process of trying to break it down now because of exposure, right? And I think I tie that exposure and education together, right? Like I'm meeting all these people and I guess like you, like when you discovered manga, for example, right? Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, mind blown. There's a whole world. And I think that's one thing maybe our scene is trying to do with gaming. It's like, expose and break down barriers right and that to me is progress and you know I'm like so I I struggle with you know in my own biases like how to overcome what I think is interesting or not interesting all right I have a different mind because I mean we like what we like right that's one thing but just not even giving something a time of day and that's something i struggled with for a long time like with comics and
0: graphic novels and cartoons like how about music
2: I, i'm
1: not a very astute amazing music person I'm oh because
0: you know, because it's like, like all
1: through all through college i read under the radar magazine i was really into the indie rock scene and and stuff and then for the last 10 years i just I basically listen to like minimalist piano. music now.
0: <laughs> But so. I guess the thing is when you go back to hearing the old stuff that you like, it's like, to me, what I'm doing is I'm going back. to Like some of the old stuff I like, I'm like, why did I even like that? That's really not good. There's some stuff I like and I still like it. There's yeah. other stuff I didn't like, but now I'm listening to it. It's like, I really like this. I just I was biased against it, like for no good reason.
1: No good reason what our parents teach us usually i think some stupid thing like that or society
0: like country music is a terrible thing i'm not necessarily a big fan of all country music but country music was not seen as cool or disco was seen as cool but now i go back and enlist to parliament and be happy
1: it's it's one of these things where if you can try to overcome those biases you're richer for it right like and you can still pick and choose but good grief why would you like cut out whole swaths of things you know and right just because and i think overcoming those things makes you better person more interesting you know more things and um and you get to learn new
2: stories you know like in our gaming scene um there you know we're like with the internet you know we're talking about social media earlier now you have access
1: to people making stuff from thailand and southeast asia and latin america and native american stuff you know like whoa whoa. it's so cool and almost none of those is rooted in comic books or or superheroes right like this big cultural influence it's like all these my new bubbles and universes to explore. It's a lot to take
2: in, but um, it helps you become more of a human being, I think. <laughs> right. Well, it's,
0: um, sorry, am I getting really
1: philosophical?
0: No, because it's like, it's like with food. Because I remember when I was young, I wouldn't eat Chinese food because it was just weird. <laughs> the idea of mixing fruit and meats in a salad was just heretical. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean and now it's like you're 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 from the midwest yes exactly but now it's like and then something hit me once where I'm like you know what if millions of people love this thing there's probably something to it
2: (laughs) I guess so I mean I don't know we're 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 spending a lot of time
1: talking about inclusivity I think here progress and openness I think that's awesome and
2: I think it's something That I love about where I'm at with my creative work because
1: it's made me a better person. That's that's one thing I'm I'm certain of. It's made me more creative, it's made me more interesting. I've learned a lot of interesting things. You know, I have a conversation in any given week with somebody from Brazil, Switzerland, (laughs) New York, LA, Canada. Wow, that's so cool. And I missed out on social media for a long time kind of a hermit under a rock. I guess my mind has just been awesomely blown and I realized like all nerd culture stuff, you realize you're not alone. Like wow, there are people who like these things. And like you with manga or whatever, which is something I've yet to really explore. You know, um berserk just came up today in a conversation I had with someone from Spain. <laughs> you know, like I am missing that story. I should probably look into it. And and I'm excited to explore yet another new thing. And uh, I don't know, but you know, coming from a blue collar family, pros, work, 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 that wasn't really part of the mentality either. You know, so uh, so I get to build my new universes now.
0: Yeah, I think it's you know, as we get older, we we I think we we sometimes are you know gather the op we have the opportunity to maybe do a little more self reflection as we maybe do a you little hope. more pondering looking back i think when you're well, younger you you're gotta, looking forward but
1: yeah well you gotta move forward it's right? the point of looking back all the time that's not the world you live in now.
0: Um, i saw a anyway. picture of a guy i went to high school with it was more recently on facebook and he's still wearing the same mullet he did back in the 80s so some well, people they still if there is no change
1: well, but if it works for that person, right. Oh, right. So. Right. It's, it's, I it's guess, but, yeah,
0: but it's just,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, taste is another thing, I guess.
0: Yeah. It does there's anything wrong with mullets, even though there is, uh, it's just, for you know, me, it's just like, I'm, I'm ready for experiences. As I get older, I want to experience and think and see and deal yeah. with more new things, more flavors, more sights. Totally, um, man. Like it, it's, it's one of the
1: things i love about um itch and kickstarter and twitter i i I like i'm i'm rich man i'm not wealthy by any stretch uh but i'm rich and like i'm constantly like oh wow this is awesome these people are rad And, and um and I'm challenged every day, especially from an art perspective. I'm like, all right, I got to sit back down to the drawing board. And some <laughs> yes. days are worse than, right. And maybe yeah. you, for your photography your writing, you know, like some days are worse than others and harder on yourself than others. Um, I tend to be that way naturally. But at the end of the day or the next day, it's like, oh man, that was so cool. I need to really, you know, and I'm feeling encouraged get, and, um, I imagine that's what it's like. I was never in the music scene, per se. When, when you're in a small city or a city and you've got all your bands, friends and bands, and you go to each other's shows all the time, you know? Like, you're challenged to be better. You're challenged to try and innovate. And but then you're also, like, celebrating their accomplishments.
0: And there's all this
1: circular emotion that's really cool.
0: Well, do you ever? I'm gonna I'm gonna blow up. But you ever read any G.K. Chesterton?
1: <laughs> I tried when I was at a bookshop once. I read one story. I
0: thought it was hilarious, and then I never read anymore. So, so I, he he had an essay called I believe called like in the, the defense of the amateur. Okay. And his premise was the I think if I recall correctly uh, is that the you break down the word it means basically somebody who does what they love.
2: Hmm.
0: And. We look at amateur as just being amateurish, but in a sense, it's like I think his thing was like something's worth doing. Uh, what do you say? If something's worth doing, it's worth doing badly, as in like if you need to do it, do it. Like it's it's do it out of love, and it there's there's value in that. And I think that's the thing is everybody everybody even though they they weren't successful, all these bands they were there because they were doing what they love with people yeah. that they love doing things with.
2: Yeah. it's sometimes hard to remember that positivity but i think it's
1: important i think i i tweeted the other day something like man this happened this happened this happened today and they were all good things yeah i was like i got to remember this you know like i i'm not great at it but i mean we live in a pretty shitty world situation in many ways right now for a lot of people and things can be good too creativity but i still come back to like Expanding what you take in is one of the best answers you can have. Um, at least then it lets you know where to stand behind and what to back or who to support because you're yeah. aware of it. And and uh, we're really waxing philosophic today.
0: That's okay. I don't know. I, I, I'm I i do not talk to many people, so um. no. In fact, that's the it's it's on it's on the ten. Is it is rpg ramblings which allows me license to talk about anything so mm-hmm. if a conversation wants to go in white it's fine no it's it's i mean the whole point really what i've stated is there's a number of reasons why i started this podcast but one of them is just to um is to, to meet people and make you know not necessarily mm-hmm. my goal is to make friends but my goal is to make at least you know internet friends or, or you know increase my circle of people that i just know and can, can connect to so you know i'm, yeah, I'm not an that's, insister- that's oh, why i jumped
1: on social media when i started this you know i mean
0: obviously it's a great way to market
1: sell or whatever which is something i also am interested in trying to do but yeah there's a lot of cool people doing cool stuff right like yeah um and i learn a lot almost daily i feel like i'm learning something from somebody or other and
2: and that's that's a really great experience um I guess um, to sort of swerve the boat
1: a little bit, what's uh I, I'd like to ask you about the, how your journal is coming along. Are you wrapped up with your layout
0: and all that stuff? Yeah. Or? So the, so the layout is locked in. Uh, I uploaded the proof to, um, uh, uploaded to Mixum. So I'm now waiting for the <laughs> proof copy to come back. Yeah. So, I've already put an order in with, with so so I end up doing POD so I can reasonably fulfill to it's a, it's kind of a mess. I'm going to have yeah. I think I'm going to do an episode on <laughs> on demand in the future and one on backer kit. But no, it's coming on good. No, the the layout is actually uh, good. I I had I'll just share a frustration. I I I was going to be very clear. Um there's times I really hate adobe and design like it blows my mind so i had a file a pdf uploaded to uh lulu without a problem mix them it it would it would crash their system crash multiple times i tried to another pdf it would crash as it was uploading you get a message saying could not upload email and then on the website it would just keep circling forever and i'd have to cancel out the order all the way back and restart it because it would not stop. It was weird. It wouldn't take the PDF? It would not take the PDF. So then I got another guy, friended. friend, he tried it, got the same problem. So what I did is I saved the InDesign as an IDML, which is a, a, a markup language. It's kind of a universal. And then reloaded it. It still happened. So then... Too big? No, it was only like... It, no, the file is only like... I think like it's not even 11 maybe it's a little bigger than I mean, like 12 megs it's not big so then i take that idml file and upload it to affinity publisher then uh then export it as a pdf mixum takes it right away so there's yeah. something corrupted in that pdf i could not get away and i've had another issue before with adobe where i couldn't save a file and I looked up and they said, Well, this happens sometimes. You have to say there's an idea, now I'll reopen it, and then save it. It's like, <laughs> Weird. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so all about I'm re- affinity, man. You're what? All about affinity. Yeah, it's. I, it, that definitely changed my life. It, it, yeah, it's definitely much more affordable. It does pretty much everything. It's, yeah. I've got a foot in both, both camps. Uh, but. but anyway. know, I never learned. Uh, graphic design and i been learning all this
1: stuff. i've had to see my pants for the last two years and uh my very first pamphlet or two i didn't word <laughs> it just did manual measurements and dropped in images and it was horrible and then um so and then affinity had a sale 50% off oh yeah 15. yeah. and i was like oh my god this is game changer so and then i hear all these people talk about adobe and, Monthly subscriptions. I mean, now, granted, it's stronger and has a wider suite of offerings. I think, but and for seventy-five bucks to get all three affinities, <laughs> it's hard to beat.
0: So, what I like about Affinity um, is you can you you can you can switch between the programs while being in the same interface. Pretty mm-hmm. rad. <laughs> yes,
1: <it is>. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'll like do that and hop in and do some
0: of the drawing and design and back to layout. Adobe, it's not that way. Uh So, so anyway, that's that's done. So I'm actually pretty excited. So um... now Adobe's
1: interface with PDF reader
2: though, which is really amazing, right? Yeah, you get the full PDF reader
0: tool, which is pretty nice editing interactive PDF stuff, right? I didn't, I didn't play around with that much. Uh, but yes, you, you, there's a lot you can do. But I would say with, with the, um, but with publisher, definitely, affinity stuff, you can, most stuff works. Well, I do. There's some things I do like better in Adobe. Like they do the, they can do uh, text to table. So you can do, <laughs> you can just do the uh, tab, 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 return, tab, 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 and then do the text to table. And I'll take that text and put it right into a table. Which is
1: really sweet. sweet.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, affinity sucks at tables. That's the one (laughs) thing I it's so frustrating. Like I love it until I have to do a table. And I'm like, I'm about to just draw this thing with rulers. Cause (laughs) so as soon as I get a table tool like that, because a lot of people complain about it, it's gonna be a
0: winner. Yeah, because I did a first one I did end up being three zines, but as one product. And so I had tables in every one of them. So some I did as tables and I changed my mind and, and cause you could try anchoring them, but that was kind of a mess. And then I tried to stay doing tables. I just used like highlighted text or you can not necessarily highlight it, but you can use the, uh, I was using the decorations to make a table. But then I, but that was doing what I wanted. I, I switched back for several times and it was just not a mess. But then when I go to Adobe it, that works well, like the tables work. Really well, man.
1: That's the story of my layout work. Back and forth, a mess. Hopefully, I get it. Like, it's hard. I admire these people who can sit down with a flat text doc and turn it into a piece of art. Like, um, I mean, some people like Yo, you know, Johan and the more crowd really go extreme with it, and I, I think that's really cool too. But even just like knowing how minimal to make something so it looks good i mean that's like a whole skill in its own i i really admire it i'd love to get better at that
0: um yeah so amazing. and i don't the photography i'm not really doing much the photography anymore but um i used to do photography for actually commercial photography for about that uh, freelance for about well, eight years for a gun oh, magazine so you know your way around that stuff yeah well but what i found interesting is i would take the pictures which I thought were pretty good, but then when the uh layout guy would put the text with it, the text with <laughs> the text with the pictures was so much better than the pictures alone like it 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 is interesting like and I don't have the chops, but you got the right chops like pictures aren't that like, interesting the text isn't that it's interesting like
1: framing it's like framing something yeah oh, that piece of art's done, but as soon as you see it framed, you're like that's done. <laughs> I notice that all the time. You know, I collect some art and prints and I'm like, I love this drawing. As soon as you get a good frame on it, like, this goes on the wall. This looks
0: great. Know, the other thing I thought was kind of weird and just to really diverge is have you ever heard of uh Moo uh business cards? Yes. So I I I bought them um and then you put your pictures in them, but the format is like very much a rectangle, more of a rectangle than than a normal business card. Mm-hmm. And I found that pretty much anytime i I would crop something for that it a lot of times to me seemed even better i come to a theory that uh, i I know there's a limit but i think that the secret is that uh, pictures are made better by cropping and probably myself uh there's never crops enough it
2: it doesn't or you
0: don't i don't uh and i realize it's like a lot of times if i'm stuck into a weird format and i have to crop it's like i kind of like that and it's like it's interesting how there is there's an eye for like the technical side of a thing, yeah. But the cropping is sort of in a way like the editor or the layout person. It's like it- cropping's
2: an unsung tool. Yes, it, is.
0: it really. I mean, really, all
1: cropping does to a picture is it dials the drama. You know, one of my favorite painters is a guy named Book Boymans. He's a Belgian painter. And he'll take, he'll make paintings of photographs where he cropped something
2: so tight, you don't even
1: know what it is almost
2: Yeah. And that's, that's kind of
1: his approach. And you're not really necessarily supposed to know it's whatever. But the drama, cropping, you know, really gives us that scale. And, and um, as soon as you lop off the edges on something, oh, that's a whole different thing. I love that about. The simple tool of crop. You know? Yes, exactly,
0: and it's just. Uh, and I think it's just you're right. And as far as with layout and with all that, it definitely all it, that is a skill. And in an, as we, you know, you could be a great art, a great artist, um, but uh, then when you go to do, do layout, you realize I'm in a different field. <laughs> like- you know, I did fallen, and I just
1: dumped it in a Google Doc, and Guntijo did my layout for the core rules. Yeah. I had no idea what his, you know, I told him, like well, this is kind of the vibe. And he went away, did his thing, and came back and was like, wow, I had no idea. <laughs> and I was, I'm still so impressed with what he was able to do with my words. And I, I, I can't wait to get better, frankly. It seems like such a great asset to have.
0: Yeah, I, I for, for Fane, I got my daughter to do the layout. Cause she's she's much better at the stuff than I am, but, um, but the thing is, it's like you know, with it's kind of like with the art. It's like, it, in fact, uh there's a point where she was, got stalled. And I thought about, I knew I couldn't finish it because I'm not her. Like,
2: it, it's its own vision, right?
0: Yes, exactly.
2: It's like, totally.
0: It's so I you think, know, but I, that's why you pay for
2: it, right? Like, oh uh, yeah, just
1: like a good, just like a good editor. I mean. I've put out books that I didn't edit, and I didn't do enough editing. Then you pay somebody edit, and you're like, "Yep, that's why I did that." <laughs> and now, a lot of people can't always afford those tools and those, those people with those skills. I don't know. The goal is to get to a point we can do that, right? We can afford
0: yeah. good layout, good art, good editing. Um, but anyway, so, so I hired a copy editor one time. Wow. And, and, and it came back and it was like, it was like red all over. It was like, and I, I felt, I mean, I don't normally feel discouraged, but I felt pretty discouraged. And, but then it like hit me. It's like, she can't write the nonsense that I write. Like, yeah, I write a lot of nonsense. Like, you know, that's my, that's my value in the world is I can write nonsense, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but it definitely needs somebody to, to, to trim it up and, and clean it. So it's like, Nonsense is valuable, but
1: if it if it's missing periods and commas, yes,
0: yes, you don't you don't want any barriers between the reader and what you're producing.
1: So on that note, you know, with Fallen, um, there are typos in the current edition and errors, and and, um, and it does just detract a little from people's reading of it. You know, and it's so frustrating. I get. I'm really grateful when people like, hey, this needs fixed because I wouldn't maybe notice or whatever. But it's discouraging because it's like, damn, I need to put more time into this part. And I just take that as my learning. You know, I'd like to work on a fallen 2E. And you better believe I'm going like, <laughs> to have like four people combing <laughs> it all the time next time. Well, the way I look it is go ahead. Well, it's just a disservice to readers if you give them too many faults, right? You're not, yes, you have to trust readers to a degree and let them do some work, whatever happens, but
2: you owe them a decent,
0: I think. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, um, and also the thing I was going to say too, um, is um, me looking at what I've been doing. I, I consider like these first couple of years, few years to be like, it's school, it's school for doing what I'm doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, same thing for you. It's like, you know, things were costly, but it worked okay, but still cheaper than than getting a bachelor's degree and making zines. Right?
2: <laughs> it's I part mean, of your tuition fee. Like, okay.
1: <laughs> you know, I I I switched out of graphic design and went into fine art way back. And now I kind of regret that. But I am at school every day practically. I I tell my wife all the time I'm practically in graduate school. Yes. Learning from really amazing teachers who just happen to usually just be other designers who are just good at it. And it's more fun than spending 80 grand on a degree.
2: Like <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yes,
1: it is. Because um, I'm sure it's all not going to pay off my debt, that debt with zines, like you just said, too. Exactly. Um, but- yeah. Well, man, this has been a really fun chat. I think I'm going to wrap
2: up this
0: piece and, and, um, uh, it and sounds good. I got a I got a dog I need to to pick up. So anyway, there you go, man.
2: Well, thank, Steph, you, thank you, so much.
1: Yeah, have an awesome day. Good luck with your.
0: I know it can be stressful. So. Well, I already know it is. So we we yes, there's it's always those unforeseen things like your, the Adobe hiccups and such, but it's part of it, part of education. It is. Yeah, man. Have a wonderful day. You too, PR. Take care. Cheers.